Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach Podcast. You're on once again with Chizo. On a week where we've lost two big guns in Dangerfield and JPK, I've reached out to JB again to try and give me a little bit of help in figuring out what we should do this week. JB, how you going there, champion? Yeah, I'm appreciating the strong upgrade from Pistol to JB, so I think it'll work out again this week. Yeah, the salty one has been salty again, missing out on the uh, the, the podcast again this week. Uh, the the really big news, I guess, uh, to do with Pistol here, JB, is he actually finished lower than Mrs. Pistol, and they're in a do-or-die elimination clash in our league. And uh, it, it's it's not just for bragging rights. I think it's also for the pants and the relationship, JB. Yeah, and I'll tell you right now, I know Mrs. Pistol listens, and she did also take my advice and pick Lockie Neal over Zach Merritt. So... I get a funny feeling that'll get her over the line. Um, Zach Merritt with a sub-ton last week probably will get tagged again this week. He's actually not that good of a player. Sorry to tell everyone that owns him. And Lockie Neal is superior. So is uh, Mrs. Pistol. Yeah, and uh, the unfortunate thing for uh, for Pistol there is he's copped both the Dangerfields and the JPK out. So it could be all over Red Rover for Pistol after his fantastic year. And uh, the Chizo chase down. I'm, I'm putting something a little bit in the works here, JB. A little bit of uh, uh, Final Countdown remix, I think. Just to, uh, just to send a Pistol as a, his new ringtone once I finally chase him down this week, mate. Yeah, he needs a wake-up call. He's actually sliding in the rankings a little bit whilst um, I'm, I'm stagnating and you are uh, on a private jet just flying <laughs> up. So Every year, mate, every year. It's always the last last couple of rounds. You keep those extra trades and you just skyrocket. Hey, mate, we've had some great advice, uh, a great feedback over the last couple of days with our Sleeper Keeper partnership that we've been doing, some fantastic sweaters that you can get your hands on. Uh, they, they actually have had such good feedback that they've upped uh, the uh, the Dr. Supercoach code uh, to 20% off. So if you use our Supercoach DOC, all one word, all in caps, code at sleeperkeeper.com today, you can actually get 20% off your own Supercoach sweater. Um, fantastic. Um, JB, we're going to switch it up here a little bit tonight, mate. I, I, as the host tonight, I've just kind of had a little bit of think. We're going to change it around. Definitely hasn't had any advice from Pistol at all about it. Um, <laughs> We're not going to bother running through all the teams. We're only going to focus on the big outs this week and also some of the big ins, um, JB. So I'll just run through a little list that we've got to look at. Uh, we've got Danger and JPK, obviously, that we'll, um, uh, we'll pick a, uh, talk about a little bit later on. We've also got Connor Blakely for those that, um, uh, those that did have that point of difference. Um, but those coming in this week, just to keep an eye on, uh, you've got Deledio, Jacob Hopper coming back for those that may have held him in a draft league. Hashtag Jizo. Uh, Zorko is back <laughs> from his suspension. Uh, Jake Lloyd comes back in, which may impact Nick Newman, we'll talk about in a second. Gaz is, inverted commas, back this week. He was, like, the last three weeks running and is a late replacement, but um, we'll, we'll only know five minutes before the game starts. Goldie is back, and uh, Cam Pedersen gets uh, another revival, probably the biggest one here. With uh, he, He's got that, that that little curse that we've been talking about all season here, JB, where one of his, his gun teammates gets injured, and he just gets a free game. And uh, Without that happening, I, just, I wouldn't see him running around the Melbourne team. So that's happened again as well. Um, JB, the one thing that I want to talk about really, really uh, importantly to start with is the Dangerfield situation. We know it's only one week. We've had a little bit of time to digest the information. Um, we want to differentiate the two schools of thought. We've got on one side of the fence where it's Dangerfield. You know, he's the best player in the comp. If you do keep him the last three weeks, he could go absolutely bananas and score you a whole truckload of points. Conversely, on the other side of the fence, you've got those people that, you know, he's out for 25% of the remaining games 
And if this is your elimination final, like Pistol, who has Dangerfield, holding him and then losing the final doesn't really get you anywhere, JB. Um, we just want to talk a little bit about not only the two schools of thought, but also the difference between rank and league, JB. If you were in a league game, say you're in pistol situation, you're in an elimination final, you have Dangerfield, you need to win the game, perhaps you've copped Josh P. Kennedy as well, like Pistol has. What <laughs> would your trading scenario be? Would you still be holding Danger, or would you be trying to get someone that's going to play all four games and score highly so you get an aggregate score a lot higher than what you might get with Dangerfield across the four weeks. What do you think? Yeah, there are a lot of factors to take into play in this one, so um, to take into account. Um, so firstly, if I was thinking of um, my league ranking in any instance whatsoever um, and prioritising that anywhere near my uh, my league, I will take none of the advice that I'm about to give, um, especially in regards to Dangerfield being traded. Um, if I was solely focused on my leagues, and um, like you said, I had Dangerfield out as my one of my only outs, um, so I'm talking to the people that don't have Josh Kennedy as well. Um, my cover was lackluster. I've done the calculations on my opponent's team, um, taken everything into consideration, even maybe added an extra 10 points on each one of my players. Say they will overperform. Um, and you still look like you're getting the loss, that's the instance where I'd get the best player in the league that your opponent doesn't have, try and just POD them um, and and just really, really throw in that last little last-ditch effort to sort of have a, have a run at the finals. Um, otherwise, like we said um, on the Tuesday podcast, if you're not doing that, then you're following on and getting having three trades left and you're just in no man's land, not in any finals, etc. Um, if I did have the two players, Danger and Josh P. Kennedy, um, it, again, it's situational. If I had the money to upgrade Josh Kennedy to a sure thing, a Lockie Neal, a Zach Mera, a, um, I mean, there's a multitude of players that a lot of people want, even Josh Kelly, Josh P. Kennedy, um, a lot of these players, then um, I'd be way more, way more willing to um, get rid of Josh Kennedy. But if you didn't have that money and you really needed that extra 50 points that Dusty might get over anyone else, um, then I suppose trading Dangerfield could be your last-ditch effort, Cheezo. And I know it sounds crazy, but um, desperate times call for desperate measures. And I've heard of crazier people win, um, win my Supercoach leagues, that's for sure. Look, I'll throw you a scenario that I threw you up on the Tuesday podcast that, that, that um, people might not have listened to, and then I'll contrast it to what I might be doing if I was going purely for rank. Um, so in a league situation, I'll take, obviously we're um, gifted with having the exact scenario with what Pistol has this week, having them both out, not having um, adequate cover for both of them if he's trying to protect his rank. Um, and also uh, trying to um, protect his league game being in an elimination final. So he's kind of forced into doing something he may not want to do with the, the final trade that he has remaining. So if you've got Paddy Dangerfield at 741k, we have talked about this um, earlier, you can use that money to downgrade to, say, a Dustin Martin and bank 140k plus and use that to upgrade, say, a Heath Shaw to a Sam Doherty if you've got 25K sitting around your bank. That's one thing you could do. 
particularly because not only does it help that help you this week, it will help you in the long run. And I'll use a couple stats here to um, to emphasize that. If I was going for rank here, JB, and I'm just going to pick Titch as an example. So over the next four rounds, if we're trading out danger, we're looking to pick a captaincy uh, option. So uh, we'll take Titch as a, um, a a very popular VC option in recent weeks. He's got a three-round average of 120. We'll use that for example. If we captained him every week for the next four weeks, his average of 120 would give us 960 points in total. Okay, so we contrast that, and I'll use Danger's five-round average of 150. Now, if he gets, for those remaining three games, if you captaincy him and get 150, you're going to get 900 points total. So to hold on to Danger over trading him for Titch at those um uh, at, at the, the scores that we know they can do over that period of time, you need your emergency option to at least score 61 points. So if you've got the likes of uh, a Witherden, I'd be more than happy. Maybe a Scooter, uh, maybe a Hugh Greenwood there, JB. I would be looking at something like that. But that also means you have to find some captaincy points for week one somewhere else as well. Um, if you were looking at... Um, Say you have copped that JPK and you're looking at maybe a Declan Mountford, um, I would be more inclined to try and pull the trigger on the Dangerfield trade because I'm not sure you can make up that certain amount of points. In the last five rounds, Declan Mountford has only averaged 61. So yeah, you're basically um, having to take a punt that you can get someone off your bench to make up that difference that Dangerfield can't do it even if he's averaging 150 points across the last three rounds, which obviously he can do, but um, how he comes back from his one-round suspension, I'm not sure um, if he's going to be more aggressive, if it's going to influence his attack on the contests at all. Um, I assume it wouldn't, JB, but that's just some statistics that um, just kind of open your eyes because you've got someone that can score for four rounds will obviously accumulate more than what Dangerfield in the remaining three rounds. So if you're going for rank, it would almost make sense to just get rid of Dangerfield to another captaincy option. What do you think? Yeah, look, you've done the maths on it and um, and it all makes a lot of sense. I can't, can't argue any of the figures that you put forward. Um, the only thing to me is if I didn't have to do the trade, I feel like the trade itself would be more valuable in case another injury down the road occurred. And um, especially uh, in regards to those people who have three or less trades at this stage of the season. Okay, so that's something that we can talk about Dangerfield. So if you're going for rank, um, to me, it makes a little bit more sense to get rid of him um, if you think that you can pick up a player that's going to make more points in the long run. If you think that you've got all the big guns, you've got the titches, you've got the you know you've got the dusties, you you would then have to choose someone that's a little bit lower down, someone that's maybe only uh, averaging 105 to 110, maybe looking at a, a Zeret or a Bont, and you're not that confident that they can be you know a 120 minimum captain score. I would be holding him in that situation and seeing if you can make up that difference using your um, using your uh, your bench. In a league situation, JB, this is the opposite side of things. You would expect probably 
at, at least 80 to 90% of coaches in the league, particularly if it's a, a, a higher up in their rankings, um, to be holding on to Dangerfield if they think they're in a safe situation. So it could be a strategic ploy to get rid of Dangerfield to create that point of difference by picking up a different player and trying to get the edge on them that way. So if we again take Pistol's example, even though it's probably not something he wants to do, so that he gets another chance at wearing the pants in the relationship, maybe for Pistol, he should be looking at moving on um, a danger field to use that cash to upgrade, say, a JP Kennedy to a Tom Mitchell that he may not have. What do you think? Yeah, again, um, you're speaking a lot of sense, um, ex- except for the fact that we're talking about trading out Dangerfield here. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I guess, um, yeah, no, when you put it like that, it, it all sounds great. I think it's it's obviously very risky to be moving on the best player in the league, um, especially considering he's, he's always a 180, 190 um, threat, but that's the risk that you, I mean, some people are forced into this week because of the the outs um and i that um that pretty much should should wrap up the dangerfield talk we spoke a lot about it on tuesday as well um how about some of these other issues too like jared witz per se um i think a lot of people are stuck with him cheeso yeah so for those that don't have the ruck cover um i obviously had took the punt a few weeks ago to take uh, i saw that soldo was coming in and realized that nank was going to have his score suffering so i cashed him in and went to an isaac heaney now it hasn't worked out as well as i um had hoped who was you know averaging 101 or something at the time that i pulled the trigger um but I, you know, I'd seen Jared Witts play so well for the entire season that I thought with the trades I had in hand, I might take a punt. Um, as it so turns out here, JV, uh, I'm the only one out of us that doesn't seem to have that ruck cover. <laughs> uh, you've mentioned the Paddy Riders um, uh, in previous weeks, and I went for um, I went for Heaney instead. Now it's going to force me into a situation where I have to get rid of Jared Witts. So. The one thing I want to highlight is that this week Ivan Solo might potentially be um, might uh, might be omitted and not make the final uh, Richmond side. So if we're looking at their list on their extended bench, Ivan Soldo is named last. It's not to say that he won't um, won't be picked, but for all the previous weeks that he's been playing, he's been named on field at R1, Toby Nankervis at half forward. This week we've got Toby Nankervis named in the followers at R1, and we've got Ivan Soldo last on the bench. So with Ivan Soldo named last on the extended bench, it's not that difficult to read between the lines and... Um, I'm probably towards the camp that it looks like Soldo might be omitted this week. Um, obviously, we'll know for sure later in the week uh, when the teams get finalised, but that would potentially help Nankervis owners. And for that reason, he would be a very, very solid option to use as a DPP to cover for wits this week, JB. But for those in my situation... I obviously don't have the cover this week, so I have to trade with. So um, we'll talk through a few options in just a second um, on how we're going to, uh, or who we would trade wits to, depending on how much cash we have, for example. Um, do you think that in your position, you'll just be using Nank as that cover? Yeah, and if Soldo doesn't get named, then um, all those that were thinking of trading out Nank, um, even though his scores did tail off a little bit towards the end without Soldo, even in the team, um, I mean, no Soldo means Nank at least uh, set in that 70 to 80 range, which is good enough to hold on to. Um, and 
Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be wouldn't be trying to move heaven and earth if I had. I mean, six plus trades, I'd be trying my hardest to get him to Patrick Ryder. But um, if I was down to three, two, one trades, then um, I mean, he'll do. He's, he'll he'll just be a makeshift makeshift ruckman in your team. <laughs> Um, as well as makeshift Ruckman and Richmond's team. We, we've got a lot of players that are uh, that make that kind of stuff in our team. So we, Rock Cliff over the few uh, the last few rounds. The most there at intentional last round. accidental pun you'll ever hear on a podcast. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so we're happy with the likes of Ryder and um, and Nank as a DPP this week to get that cover. Um, so we will probably recommend holding on to a wits at this stage, uh, particularly if you're low on trades. However, if you're um, in in the situation where I am, I have to get rid of Jared Wits. Um, there are a few a few teams to um, a few players to look at here, JB. The first one I want to highlight is Steph Martin. Um, uh, he's uh, about 14k cheaper. He's got a five round average uh, that isn't too hot. But now that Archie Smith is out of the team, he's coming off a 96. He's uh, his seasonal average is 100. He's got a three-round average of 95, affected by um, not not being the sole rack the whole time. I really do see that he might uh, have a nice run home in this week against the Western Bulldogs with um, only a rough head to contend with. I really like the look of Steph Martin here, JB. Yeah, I think Steph's a great pick. And without arching the team, um, all you have to do is look at his first handful of scores and um, and you'll see exactly why. He was one of our... Our hot trading targets heading into the buys right before Archie Smith got named. And without arching the team, and hopefully it looks like um, Stefan's just going to ruck out the last three or four weeks. Um, I, I suppose you can look at Archie coming in as a bit of a rest for Steph Martin without actually um, dropping the big man out of the team. Um, and now that obviously he's had that rest, he came out with a 96 uh, last week after only having nine or something in the first quarter. So... Um, he looks like he's just slowly bouncing back to that really good form and um, against the Bulldogs this week, I'd have no problems trading in Steph Martin. Um, the only concern is if they potentially bring in Archie Smith later in the season, but like you said, we've only got a, a couple of rounds left anyway, so I mean, I can't see anything wrong with Stefan. Okay, if you uh, we've talked about Steph Martin, he's he's high up on the on the list. We've talked about Paddy Ryder, who for me was probably my number one trading option if I had the cash to go from a Jared Witz to a Paddy Ryder. You'd agree with that? Yeah, definitely with that midfield swing. Okay, another one that we've got to talk about is obviously Matty Cruiser now. He's been heavily affected with that concussion. Um, he's got he's got an average of 109.1 uh, uh, so far this season. He's been absolutely fantastic, coming off 74, um, obviously because of that cru- uh, that concussion to Cruiser last week. Um, are you a little bit worried that he's? Uh, we've seen a lot of this lingering concussion where we see them um, for two, three, even four weeks after they've suffered that concussion, even though they're playing, their scores haven't bounced back. Uh, just with the lingering effects here, JB, does that impact your decision of maybe chasing Cruiser, even if you had the money? Yeah, and I think a lot of people think back to the the year um, where Stefan Martin. I don't know if it was last year or the year before had that concussion after going huge for the first month or so and then struggled to even hit 80 for the rest of the season. Now, I don't expect Cruiser to do that. I do still expect him to be a premium Ruckman um, tonning up well, just freely. Um, but it's just that that little thought where we're, trading, we're using one of our last few trades. What if he just suddenly turns out to be a bloke who has not, not so much lingering effects, but... Um, 
maybe he just flinches at the odd tackle and doesn't go in for a hard ball here and there, like, and it costs him ten points per game, which which could be enough. So, um, I think the the risk factor isn't huge, but it's just slightly in the back of coaches' minds where they'd rather just look to a safer option in Paddy Ryder or or even Stefan Martin, um, whom I'd probably call on par. And then you look at the price difference and say, maybe Stefan actually is the slightly better pick. But, I mean, we've all seen Cruiser's ceiling, so at the end of the day, um, I, there's not a lot at stake, um, and he can go very big if um, if he's on his game. Yeah, and exactly what you say, Steph Martin knocked out uh, in round four against Gold Coast last year for a 63. I'll then... Uh, run off uh, a few games after it. He followed up with a 69 and 81. His only ton in that period was 119 against Port, uh, against Trengrove. Then he came out with 84, 48, 40, 69, 56. All those weeks suffering from from that concussion. Um, I am a little bit worried that it will affect Cruiser if it's um, if he's still got those lingering effects from it. So that's just some uh, some of the numbers from last year that Stefan Martin suffered from. So um, just keeping in the back of my mind that it might be something that Matty Cruiser suffers with as well. And we have seen a few concussions that uh, end up being late withdrawals the following week. So um, the confidence with, for me with Matty Cruiser is a little bit low at the moment. So I'd be looking to get Paddy Ryder in before him, JB. Uh, and Steph Martin's a little bit uh, high on the list. And uh, with the whole situation... Um, of it being finals, um, yeah, you, you're coming up in, into a league and you need to be a little bit different. So at this stage of the season, um, you can really afford to maybe take a punt on picking a, a POD JB. And one that I do want to highlight coming in uh, back into the game, uh, back into the team this round, is Toddy Goldstein, a five-round average of 102. Now, he hasn't been playing fantastic. Um, he's not in the greatest form, but in the VFL on the weekend, he absolutely killed it everywhere and was their best on ground. He's come straight in. The Magic Door's obviously gone out, so um, he's not going to have to worry about having Door take some of his ruck time. Um, uh, we can basically uh, assume that uh, that Goldstein's going to spend a lot more time in the ruck, and hopefully that will translate into a few points. Now, if you're comparing uh, Paddy Ryder, he's in over 25% of teams already. Matty Cruz is in 10% of teams already. You're looking at someone like a Goldstein that's only in 63 and someone uh, that we also haven't mentioned um, that is a, a great point of difference that you can pick in the rup is Max Gorn, JB. He, he he hasn't been smashing the lights out, and so he has been slipping under the radar a little bit. But Max Gorn is is also a great option to pick. He's coming off 111 um, last week, so um, he is someone that uh, I already own, so I don't have to look at him, but... If I didn't have Max Gorn, I'd be. It's almost a no-brainer for me. If I if I had to get rid of Jared Witts, I'd be saving some cash going down to get a Max Gorn, and I'd be absolutely happy days. Yeah, Max Gorn is a great option, and he's obviously come uh, right back to form in the last fortnight. In regards to Goldson, who you were talking about earlier, um, he he has been in bad form, but he's only had two sub ninety scores and only three sub tons since round seven. So. Um, still been in really good form. Those three sub-tons were an 89 and 91, and then the 62 that he got dropped for against Port Adelaide. So um, I wouldn't be too concerned getting the old Goldstein. Um, Max Gorn, yeah, he, he obviously speaks for himself. I think he was a great pickup to most people 
Um, although he did scare us for that first fortnight, I'd, I'd have no issues looking at him now. Um, one that wasn't mentioned, Chizo, we hadn't mentioned it yet. I'm sh- I know it's on your run sheet there. I'm going to steal it off you. And that's Brody Grundy. He's not a POD. He's in 17% of teams. But he is averaging 96 with a three-round average over the ton mark. So um, he's another sneaky option that you can look at. He's um, tunned up in both of his last two games. So um, hopefully, I mean, his run is North Melbourne, Port Adelaide, Geelong, and Melbourne. So um, only two real established ruckmen there. And that's, um, I mean, that's Paddy Ryder and Max Gorn. Goldstein coming back low on confidence and Geelong with not a real ruck threat. So... Um, maybe maybe Grundy can run around um, and hopefully hopefully put out a couple of big scores for whoever is trading him in this week. Um, I think there are some good options out there, but um, I'd probably list my top three at right now. Max Gorn slash Patrick Ryder, depending on your financial situation. If you don't have money, Max Gorn's number one. If you do have money, Paddy Ryder's number one. Um, followed by Steph, and then followed by um, Grundy, and then Cruiser. So you you fitted four into your top three there, JB. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of slashes and hyphens and crap going on. I was hoping you wouldn't notice, but I, there's a lot of good Ruckman, all right? You sure you don't want to add any more to your top three? Well, that's my top 30. I'll finish it off next podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm in the same score thought. I think the fact that Paddy Ryder is an extra 100K on top of Max Gorn is probably why I'd probably tip him. Um, for someone in, in my situation, I don't have the cash. I would have to make a second trade to go and get Paddy Ryder. Uh, Gorn would be my first option. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, think, I think it's a bit of a no-brainer for anyone that didn't trade him in thus far. Um, do we have any other crazy ins or outs there? Um, I, I do actually have a question to pose to you. Sure. The showdown's coming up this weekend, um, Sunday, 4 o'clock um, Adelaide time. Um, is Greenwood, I'll get you to look at the um, extended bench for Adelaide there. Is Hugh Greenwood a chance to actually miss this game? Because they've got three big ins in Brad Crouch, Jake Lever, and Eddie Betts. So I assume Paul Seedsman goes out. Um, and Wayne Malera was um, worst on ground last week combined with uh, Sloan and one other. Um, and then it's Hugh Greenwood versus Andy Otten. So um, they'd be having to go real small if they did choose Greenwood over Otten. And considering Port Adelaide have quite a few tools in their team, um, tools in T-A-L-L-S, um, it, it would be questionable for them to drop Andy Otten for this clash. What are your thoughts there, Chizo? Well, I think the argument about them being um, not uh, not being as tall is a little bit mute because you've got um, Josh Jenkins, Tom Lynch, and Taylor Walker in there. And then just to add a little bit more height, you've got Mitch McGovern that is really, um, especially last week, has come of age and, you know, he's not short. And you've only got Charlie Cameron and uh, Eddie, Bates, Eddie Betts at their feet. So... Um, you, you roll through with the likes of Riley Knights and the Rory Atkins as they, they roll through there. I'm fairly sure that Hugh Green will, will get another game. He's actually been one of the... He's probably been um, one of the pickups of the year, um, not just in Supercoach, but also in the AFL. His statistics um, speak for themselves. Like he's, he's their number one contested possession player. He's been absolutely fantastic. He's a, a beast in going after the ball, and, and particularly in a hot contest um, where Travis Boke has already come out and said that he's going to be running with Rory Sloan, you really need another player to be in and under. And I just don't think Andy Otten or Wayne Malira is really going to give the same amount of benefit to the team as 
what Hugh Greenwood will be able to as another grunt man on the the inside for for Adelaide there, JB. Yeah, and it's also um, important to note that Hugh's already had a rest um, just a few weeks ago this season, so. Um, I'm not too concerned. I think he'll be listed, and I'm looking forward to a great clash between first versus uh, fifth there. Were you able to go get tickets to see this one to see your boys lose? I mean, win? Um, I probably wouldn't want to put myself in such a dangerous situation. It's a Crows home game, so, I mean, we know what sort of feral crowds rock up there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear, shots fired. (laughs) Rightio, JB, that pretty much wraps us up for our our quickfire podcast, hopefully covering uh, a lot of the big options. Um, As always, guys, if you do want to get in some last-minute info that we don't cover on the podcast, you can hit us up at the email address, drscpod at gmail.com. JB, it's been fantastic having you on there, mate. I have one. One, one closing statement. Sure. Death, taxes, and cheese chase down. <laughs> Three guarantees in a season. Not necessarily in that order. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good week, community. We'll talk to you on the Monday pod.